0: To another episode. (laughs)
1: Sorry. Now we're good. I was was confirming we're good to start, then I was going to hit record. Three,
0: two. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Two Officers and a Gentleman. If we ever get this rebrand done, which we absolutely will not, uh, I am joined tonight, obviously again, by David Labossiere and Nielsen Munn all the way from his apartment in New York City. And uh, it is great to be with you guys. How are you tonight?
1: Doing very I am well. well.
0: It was a little hot today.
1: Yeah, sweltering. I'm uh, I'm officially drenched in sweat right now. So sorry You'll to be- just introduce that pleasant image right off the bat.
0: You will yeah, be pleased to yet, know will be be pleased to know that we are not uploading the visual like this is just an audio yes. recording all right I was told many times I have a face for radio, so we're gonna roll with that uh for the time being uh yeah, so how uh anything new going on uh this week in your guys' lives I'm moving
2: so um my life is in boxes and I'm experiencing the the very difficult to describe sensation of uh disposing of my children's toys some of them not not like all of them mm. but the ones that we have outgrown or just don't have space for anymore so every trip to the dumpster or don- donation bin is like the end of toy story 3 mm. for me that so, sounds
1: emotionally little... wrenching
0: <laughs> it's it's hard it's a lot yeah. that uh at least, hopefully, you will not ruin the end of this by uh, doing a whole other movie of it, because that, be, that would be the real tragedy.
1: Yeah, I noticed you say Toy Story 3, not Toy Story 4, so
2: the yes. jury's out
1: on whether that movie's canon or not at this point.
2: Uh, but spoiler alert, I will be moving again at some point in my life, so chances are, yeah, I'll yeah. be
0: walking down that road. So so we've established that I'm not really a fan of The Last Jedi. I don't know if you established that here, but uh, you know that, that I'm not a huge fan of The Last yes. Jedi. But I must acknowledge I that. That, that it has to be canon, that the people who are, like, clamoring to have it struck from the record, uh, those people are just up a creek uh, at yeah. this point. I just don't understand mm. the, the motivation. Movies disappoint. Uh, this franchise is going in a direction maybe that you didn't want to. This is, this is what happens when you do not control the intellectual property. Um, so Toy Story 4 is definitely canon. I don't have to ever watch it again. That's the that's the trade-off. It can be canon, but I don't know. have to watch it. I do, and I, I continually shepherd them towards Toy Story, Toy Story 2, and Toy Story 3 and The Incredibles. So your kids are
2: like, I want to watch Forky. And you're like, we don't talk about Forky.
0: We don't talk about Forky. At some point, uh, they will be able to watch Forky when I do not have to be in the room. Yeah. I do not want to be in the room where it happens when they are watching toy story 4 speaking of being in the room where it happens uh over last weekend nice hamilton <laughs> dropped uh, can we disney just think that
1: incredibly deftly executed was, uh, segue? please do please do that was, i had that was, some
2: ten dollar bill jokes ready
1: but that was that was good
0: yeah uh feel free to get them uh get them going at some point yeah so last weekend uh disney plus finally dropped hamilton Uh, what is, you know, a red-hot three or four years into its run on Broadway, still a red-hot production where ticket prices are over $200 a pop. Uh, And the Disney Plus just dropped it. Um, They saw a pretty big influx in their uh, downloads of Disney Plus, which they were looking for. But the figure that was announced was that Disney Plus spent $75 million for the streaming rights to Hamilton. Let me tell you, wow. you do not drop $75 million for the streaming rights unless you also have a plan to make up that money in your back pocket. So, so a theatrical release or a theatrical version of Hamilton is absolutely on the way. It's, it's really only a matter of time. Uh, at this point, but we'll get to that uh, in a couple of minutes. Um, we are all familiar with Hamilton. Not all of us have been able to to watch it yet, but we're all very familiar with the musical itself. Um, Dave, what were your what were your thoughts watching it for the first time?
2: Yeah, so the, he uh, Lin Manuel Miranda said uh, in an interview that he wrote it intentionally so that people who would not be able to watch the show would still be able to get the most possible out of the soundtrack that being said there's a lot added in staging and choreography everything in, in
0: stagecraft of course uh, some of the it, things is, it is it is a broadway production yes after all
2: yes uh, it's very musically driven I think you get the whole story from the soundtrack uh, some of the things that that jumped out to me um Christopher Jackson as as Washington um
1: it's really flawless. really
2: really good yeah uh he's not the str- he's not the strongest singer which if you if you listen to Hamilton, that's not even close to an insult um he's not the, the strongest singer on that stage but he might be the best actor uh watching it and just some of his yeah. facial expressions and body language um brings bring some of these some gravitas to these scenes um beyond
0: the songs themselves as good as they are which uh, you want watching, as yeah. Washington, who is, yes, like almost a mythic yeah. figure in American and, history,
2: and then the in the story of Hamilton, he's somewhat um like detached and above everyone else. like um when when he fights with Jefferson and when he kind of has his rivalry with Burr and in, in the first act, it's all to get Washington's attention. Mm-hmm. Like he is not on their level. He is on another level altogether. and uh, that that's probably my biggest takeaway. I have some others, but I'll I'll let you guys have have your thoughts as well.
0: Yeah, I am not a musical person in the sense of I I don't watch a lot of musicals. I've only seen a handful of productions on Broadway. At least half of them uh, were because of the TAM conservatory trips back in the mid two thousands. Um, but I can say with with certainty that that this is my favorite musical. Uh, Having said it, mm-hmm. so you know, for a long time I always, uh, I always said Wicked was, which is extremely cliche, but it was cliche for a reason. Uh, and now I'm, I'm firmly now that I've seen it, I can firmly say that that Hamilton would be, would be my favorite musical. Agreed with you that the seeing the staging and uh, the actors' faces while they are performing changes so much about the story. Uh, For instance, one of the the ones that really jumped out at me was uh, during Wait For It. Uh, Aaron Burr has the line, uh, I am inimitable, I am inoriginal. original. And when I hear that on the soundtrack, I think of him as like standing up and defiantly proclaiming that to anybody who would challenge him, like, no, you can't be me. But when I watch it on stage, he is not projected, you know, projecting this defiantly outward. Like he is, his eyes are closed. He's reassuring himself Mm -hmm. that this is who he is. Uh, and that changed, like almost changed the entire tone of the character, uh, for that, for that first act. Um, and, and that, that just blew me away. I will say that, uh, you know there there are obviously differences between a movie and a in a theatrical production, right? So in a movie, you are seeing exactly what the director wants you to see. He's framing it a certain way. Um, in a in a theatrical production, the whole stage has to be you know unless you're playing tricks with the light, but everything on stage there that is illuminated is for you to see for a purpose. And so when you when you try and put that on camera and change that uh, that perspective. You miss some things in the background, so that there's there's obviously a difference between mm-hmm. going from the from the stage to the camera to the to like the streaming thing.
1: Um, Even a filmed version of a stage production,
0: yes. yeah, as opposed to a yeah. uh,
1: live action studio, yeah. yeah.
0: And and I think that they did a really great job of making sure that you see the facial expressions of whoever is performing. And whatnot and, and certainly whatever action there is on the stage but one of the great things that happens in the in the musical that you cannot see when you're listening to it on spotify is what all of the
1: or title depending on your streaming platform or title titles. music
0: Apple, yeah. <laughs> we're very we diverse all,
1: we're very diversified in that respect i'm not we sure are. why that happened but we, are. we all chose uh-huh. our different brands <laughs> <laughs>
0: But seeing different uh, the background dancers and how they interact with the characters up front, and uh, how the characters interact with themselves, uh, it was uh, it was mind-boggling in in a lot of ways. Um, you know how um, Miranda has will show uh, a a bullet sort of going in slow motion by one of the backup. Actors. I feel bad calling them that because I mean they're professionals, but you know what yeah. I mean. One of the non-main mm-hmm. characters will like hold the bullet slowly across the across the stage. And that's
1: interesting. It's
0: just a, yeah, it's a very visually striking. Yeah. And then um, you know, there's so much about King George's role when he steps onto the stage that his I mean his presence just just takes over. Uh <laughs> that was Christoph. incredible. <laughs> yeah, Kristoff, uh, King George—it's—it's it's just phenomenal. It's—it's uh, it's one of those things where just seeing it was almost like listening to it for the first time. In that, there's so much mm-hmm. that that you're taking in, and I—I I would have a hard time watching it and hearing it for the, like at the for the first time at the same time. Does that make sense? Yeah, that would, like if you that would be if you lot. had just gone into a cold, it would, it would have been it would have been a lot. Yeah.
1: yeah. And I wonder having seen Jonathan Groff in character as King George III, I wonder who it was that looked at him in that persona and said, this is the perfect person to cast as the person that pioneered the field of serial killers within the FBI.
0: Are you referring to Mindhunter (laughs) on Netflix?
1: Yeah, yes. (laughs) Like Frozen is one thing because it's still, you know, it's still a song and dance kind of fantasia. And
2: it's and it's animated so you know yeah. it's I, he's the voice actor in that case.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But if you have ever seen Mindhunter it's like a David Fincher produced like somewhat harrowing grim like meticulously detailed exploration of how the concept of a serial killer was developed within criminology. Interesting. <laughs> so it's just yeah it's a very uh you know he he has rage. <laughs>
0: Uh, he, he does have range but i will say seeing him as king george in uh in hamilton really reinforces my belief that lost in the woods is the best frozen song
1: i really like that song
0: i i love that song. the the yeah. 80s vibe yeah. from it uh from queen in chicago it's just yeah sublime.
2: Uh, and i think it was it was Kristen bell who who said that the fact that he doesn't have a full song in the first Frozen is just like a tragedy?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, yeah. You're
2: going to bring in someone with with those pipes, and you're going to give him like a 30 second jingle,
1: yeah. which
2: is which is still great. But like we hear "Lost in the Woods," and, <laughs> and meanwhile, we, Josh we Gad know. has
1: his own show stopping number.
2: Yeah, yeah, also great, also great. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but, but the, the "Lost in the Woods" definitely make, makes up for that. And when we inevitably get Frozen 3, hopefully he gets another number. Number.
1: And I just want to throw out here, I feel like when there's no moment, I'm not going to say no moment quite as great, but one of life's great moments is when you're a young person driving in the car, maybe at sundown, and a song by Chicago comes on the radio. Like, you know, you're the inspiration or everybody needs a little time away, you know, it's hard to say, I'm sorry. Just those, when those piano chords start ringing out, it just yeah. sets a mood. So anything yeah. that harkens back to that state of mind, even in a context <laughs> like Frozen 2, which is highly unexpected, I'm I'm all for it.
2: It's it's great. It's great. Uh, we I think we've had this conversation off the topic, uh, but... Uh, the first time you see Frozen 2, that, that scene is so unexpected. Yeah. The song is absolutely hilarious. Um, the reindeer seen, come in as
0: backup dancers.
2: Yes. Yeah, it really is an once, music video. If you've seen the movie more than once, which if you have daughters, you definitely have, <laughs> uh, it becomes progressively less funny to the point where it's just a really solid song. With the exception of the reindeers as a backup dancers and singers, like that's yeah. still funny yeah every time again again less funny when it's like your 13th time watching the movie
1: but the the satirical element starts to kind of melt away a little bit
2: yeah it when you're when you're expecting and that initial like guitar wailing intro comes in yeah it's just like oh yeah this is my jam this is my
0: jam uh dave earlier you said that chris jackson was not the best singer in in hamilton uh Lin-Manuel Miranda is also not the best singer in Hamilton. In fact, I mean, he is a (laughs) world-class talent with words and rhythm, but by far the weakest singer on the cast. And, you know, on Spotify or Tidal or um, Apple Music, Mm -hmm. you can do some stuff in the production, in the post-production in order to fix that, right? They can fill out his voice a little bit. They can auto-tune him a little bit. There's not a lot of that going on in a live stage production of Hamilton. And so when he's doing these duets with Leslie Odom Jr. and Philip <laughs> Soo, it's jarring. Uh, and I have to, I, I, I just wonder, does it matter that the auteur is the weakest performer of the, of the cast?
1: Well, I'll just throw this out. So, and I say this, I'm I'm doing the classic speaking in ignorance because I have neither seen Hamilton live nor even watched it streaming on Disney+. Plus. But is he necessarily the weakest performer? Because I've heard some people say, having now watched on Disney+, Plus, that his acting was more impressive than they were expecting. Okay. So I know the, the vocal element, a... you know, yeah. he doesn't maybe yeah. have the same, obviously the same, silky vocal quality as leslie odom wow. jr but so, you may have other dimensions even as a performer you know well and i guess
0: that's what i'm saying Does so does it does it matter if he i don't if he just i don't think it cannot does. compete vocally
2: i i don't think it does because even though he's he's not the strongest singer one of, one of the weaker singers you could say
1: and <laughs> yeah, you did one might say
2: um, <laughs> one, one literally did say about two minutes ago but I think the whole performance hinges on him, obviously on his character. And I think that LMM is, is up to the task of, if nothing else, just being kind of the linchpin so that everyone else can just go off and do their thing. Uh, and I think if, if there's any weakness on his part, it's made up for him allowing the others to shine and playing his character in a way that, that shows them off. And then then when he, gets to, when he gets to do my shot, you can just see his, uh, his, his rapping skills are there and like the passion is there in his, in his speech so that you, know, you, you buy him as the central character in the story.
0: I completely agree with you, Dave. I think that whatever he lacks as a vocalist in this play, he more than makes up for it with his obvious love for the character that he is portraying. Uh, That, you know, when you think of like what he poured into this play, how much time he spent on each song and, you know, crafting the music of this, like he he loves Alexander Hamilton and he loves the story that he's portraying. And I think that that, when you have the, the rest of the cast around him, I think all of that makes a bigger deal. You could also say that, you know, Alexander himself was an immigrant. Who came up from the bottom and did not have the same polish as these other politicians, and so if that is also Ooh. portrayed as a slightly weaker singing voice, um, in a better sense of of rhythm, uh, I think that that fits with the character and the story that that we're watching as well. But the real star of the the real star of the show is King George's spittle.
1: I have to admit, that may be the single element I've seen the most memes about. It is
0: it is noticeable, to Man, put it that, to put it mildly. It must it be. It is yeah. noticeable.
1: Yeah. Um, Given the level of discourse that has really centered around that, it, it must be very striking.
0: <laughs> what else is striking is I did a little bit of research into the Schuyler sisters, my aunties, as you will. And... Uh, <laughs> So, so it. uh, it's interesting because the two sisters, uh, their careers kind of match up with Aaron Burr and Alexander Hamilton. Philippa Sue oh, is uh, only uh, 30 years old at this point, so she kind of, she got the role of Hamilton when she was maybe 24, or 25. She came out of Juilliard. Coming out of Juilliard on, on Broadway, you have a ticket to wherever you really want to go. And... Uh, she, she hopped on Hamilton and she, her star rose right away. Renee Goldsberry, on the other hand, uh, is actually 49 years old now. So there's a 19 year age difference between the two of them. And she has been on Broadway hustling and started out as a backup dancer on certain plays and clawing her way up for, you know, decades now. And she gets to Hamilton and, you know, all of a sudden, you know, she blows up that way. So it's just interesting how the two of them have very different paths uh, to, uh, to the top here. So she was willing to wait for it and work for it. One might say that. (laughs) Say she worked for it. Yeah. But it's just interesting how they have such vastly different trips. I will say though, having, being the only one here of the three of us who has seen all of Hamilton at this point, uh, Up a zoo.
1: And I like that we decided Before. to dedicate a third of our podcast to it without two of us not even having watched it. We're just like, you know, nope. I really thought the thing with Lin-Manuel Miranda's performance is, I say this without having watched it.
2: <laughs> Pure speculation at this point.
1: <laughs> I'm surprising well, myself with the number of opinions that I have on, on this topic
0: it's hamilton we all have strong opinions on it right uh but philippa sue in the second half just totally steals the show uh she's just absolutely oh absolutely without a doubt in my mind her her acting you know she's got a handful of emotional solos and whatnot i mean she just really brings it in the second half in my opinion she just steals steals it completely Uh, just a phenomenal phenomenal performance um I, I do think the first act is better, is more exciting, you know, when I'm listening, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's the Revolutionary War part of the story. Um, yeah, yeah. The second half gets into more politics and some, some personal stuff. Um, but I, I prefer the first act to the second act. Um, but the second act really belongs to to Eliza and, uh, and Sue in, in,
1: in this one, and I'm just really impressed. You
0: guys have any other...
1: Well, just last thing, it, I, I feel like Philippa Sue's career since Hamilton, I don't mean this to sound overly negative, but it arguably shows how hard it is to catch lightning in a bottle twice on yeah. Broadway. Because I, I think one of the major roles she's taken at that, you know, Hamilton kind of launched her to was a Broadway adaptation of Amelie. Remember that movie? Amelie? Amelie, the French movie with okay, Audrey Amelie. Tattoo as like a quirky, shy, socially inept woman that kind of comes out of her shell. I I would almost put Broadway stage adaptation of Amelie in the category of like a 30-rock parody of some boardroom's idea of what would what would play well <laughs> on Broadway. <laughs> Which, in fairness, like a hip hop yeah. musical version of the life of Alexander Hamilton sounds equally daft, you know. So you that's, never know what's going to hit. Fair. So, but I remember, I and again, I say this without having seen it, but but I remember when I saw the poster of like Philippa Sue's name above the title as the lead in Amelie the musical or whatever, you know, I was like. So that's, that's her follow-up to Hamilton. You know?
2: The fact that her name is above the title might, might say something.
0: <laughs> yeah, I would say any of them would have a hard time moving on to anything after Hamilton, just considering yeah. what an absolute uh, juggernaut it has been on mm-hmm. Broadway for many years now. Although certainly almost- snagging, snagging the lead in almost anything is yeah. is impressive.
1: But it's one of those things where almost every principal cast member of the original cast of Hamilton was catapulted to borderline household name status by the success of that show. Mm-hmm. And it was a stacked ensemble cast, but it seems doubly so in retrospect, now that all of these people have become celebrities in their own right. Sort of like one of those
0: that. 80s movies
1: yeah, that yeah, yeah. stars
0: like... It, like, you know, at the time there was like a ragtag And then it turns yes. out that all of them Became like huge megastars
1: Yeah or like Apocalypse Now Where you have Harrison Ford in one scene In a supporting role Harrison yeah. Ford is like the intern In Apocalypse Now <laughs> And this was like He's post, like the coffee guy He's like post Han Solo And it's just like, like it, I, I'm sure it made sense at the time But watching it now you're like I had to get Harrison Ford for that role it's not enough that you had Marlon Brando. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We're about to rank the Founding Fathers. Oh. Cool. Yes. I've been I worked hard on this. <laughs> on your ranking? On my ranking. Oh yeah. Okay, excellent. Some of it I, I think I'm not good. I'm by I... not by by any stretch a, a Revolutionary War historian, but yeah. um but I remember I remember a good enough amount to, to at least put together a passable ranking. Of, of them, it is interesting, given that it's the Revolutionary War, that Ben Franklin is not mentioned at all
1: in uh, in Hamilton in, Ham- in
0: Hamilton. Yeah, back to Hamilton. Yeah. yeah,
2: he's mentioned in the deleted scene.
0: <laughs> well, the, I mean, it's, Blu-ray,
1: Blu-ray extras. Even
0: even John Jay, you know, at least gets a gets a line about yeah. how many Federalist papers he wrote but ben franklin is is just not even mentioned at all which is
1: i feel like he's somebody a who bit... has spent the
0: last who's somebody who spent the last 6 years in philadelphia i'll be honest it's a little offensive a little offensive
2: that's, that uh, ben his, franklin his name his name is mentioned in satisfied when she says it's oh, ben franklin cool. with a key and a kite
1: oh that's right that's right
2: it's it's very yeah. very passive
0: yeah
1: I mean, he also says uh, it
0: but it doesn't so mention anything that he did for yeah. the country you know it has more to there's, do with uh, his famous scientific experiment of,
2: of so catching in, life. in the there's a deleted scene it, it's on the the Hamilton mixtape uh, with just Lynn Manuel doing all the parts, but it's a uh, cabinet meeting round three, and they debate slavery and it's it's brought to the cabinet by a, a what, what's a what I'm looking for here? a proposal to address slavery uh, by essentially Benjamin Franklin. And they said like, Ben Franklin's signature is on this, so we have to take it seriously. But gotcha. again, deleted deleted scene.
0: Deleted scene. Uh, and Ben Franklin, you know, at the signing of the declaration had that uh, iconic line. I, maybe it's apocryphal, but we certainly attribute it to him. Like, all right, gentlemen, we must hang together because we will certainly hang alone. Uh, and it, it just, it's nowhere, you know, Ben Franklin is just not not mentioned, but anyway, so I have i have a ranking of the founding fathers. Do you want me to go first or do you guys want to go first?
2: You, why don't you go first because all I right. totally did
0: this. You forgot. And I'm not you, doing it right now. You forgot, all right. Well, uh, so number one, George Washington, Number two, Ben Franklin. Number three, Alexander Hamilton. Number four, James Madison. Number five, John Jay. Uh, for people whose knowledge of the Revolutionary War and uh, founding of America is limited to Hamilton, uh, John Jay was one of the writers of the Federalist Papers. He was a Supreme Court Justice and he was the second governor of New York as well as uh, being involved in a number of treaties that were written as America was uh, finding its independence. Number five, John Jay. Number six, John Adams. And number seven, by far the worst founding father, Thomas Jefferson.
1: Now, do you consider ranking Jefferson last to be a hot take? No. Okay. I don't. I th- I mean, the more we learn <laughs> about this guy, yeah. the
0: more we find out what a despicable human being he was. Uh, I am not one, somebody who is, who is clamoring to tear down statues, but if somebody wanted to blow Thomas Jefferson off of Mount Rushmore and replace him with literally anybody else on this list, I'd go for it.
1: Yeah. I'd be okay. I thought you were going to end that sentence with literally anybody else. Full stop. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be like, skeet Ulrich, go to town. Yeah. (laughs) Can
2: can we actually get Lin-Manuel Miranda up there? Yeah.
0: Uh, uh. In fact, just put Lin Manuel Miranda as Alexander Hamilton up there. Like, let's just do it. Um, yeah, no, I don't. I don't he's think in, it's a hot take to say. He's Thomas in costume. Jefferson. Um, as far as you know, he gets a lot of credit for writing the Declaration of Independence. The Declaration of Independence, while while very pretty, uh, is really just a declaration of war. And I think, in terms of significance and level of difficulty, I don't think it even remotely compares to the Bill of Rights. So. I, and that's I, got, uh, I have to put them below James Madison uh, in in terms of their overall contribution
2: I think for the for the Bill of Rights I I might even try to bump Madison up higher but I'm not sure I'm not sure how high uh, he should go I don't know
1: <laughs> I love the fact that Lavasa is just doing this on the fly just
2: yeah no, I mean and just I've like you know what
1: been... screw it number one John Jay. Come at me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, like I, the, the list that you texted us earlier did not
1: include
2: Benjamin Franklin. So I was just going to, yes. rather than have my own list, kind of like blast you for excluding. And then you had a number two. So that's kind of shot.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> so, so your, your entire the, segment. On you, the founding threw away, you threw away your shot. I, I, I very much did. Oh, awful.
2: I could say my shot was taken from me, but that's. Uh, probably something Burr would do. I don't
0: know.
1: I like that. That's what you had planned was just to attack David Eric for forgetting Benjamin Franklin. Yeah, I, uh, he's on the hundred. What are you
0: thinking? I would do the same thing. I hold no grudge. Totally legitimate. Totally legitimate strategy.
2: <laughs> yeah, I kind of tipped my hand there. I don't. I don't really have a ranking. Um, I do like yours, and I think that while well, I'm a fan of the Louisiana Purchase and like Lewis and Clark, uh, that's that's not enough to to get Jefferson out of the basement.
0: Right, no, that that should definitely be an accomplishment of Lewis and Clark, not yeah. Thomas Jefferson.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, oh, uh, I mean, he's on the he's on the two dollar bill, which is just kind of like a slap in the face. Uh, except for that, Andrew Jackson is on the twenty, which yeah. we still haven't dealt with as a country.
0: I think we're dealing with it pretty soon. <laughs> that, I think that's problem. coming. Okay, yeah. yeah, I think that's coming.
1: <laughs> so, is
2: it. okay? Because I know, I know,
0: there was talk about like the ten dollar bill, and then hamilton the musical came out and that was just off the table right no i i do believe that the that harriet tubman is is rumored to be the front runner for the 20. Um, that's what i've heard as well i hope that's true i know that there is some pushback from from some people i am hoping that the idea like what if we did harriet tubman but we did the picture where she's holding a gun and then everybody will go along with it (laughs) that'd be sick that's my that's my plan. I mean, right.
1: Jackson,
2: like, tried to, like, abolish the National Bank. So, like, he should not be on money for, like, yeah. idealistic
0: reasons. Correct. I don't know. Correct. All right, Nielsen, what is your ranking of the Founding Fathers?
1: Okay, it's very similar to yours with one Good, or two because notable differences. mine is the right one. <laughs> Good, because in that case, it's correct. I, one or two notable differences that I, I think are just kind of attributable to quirkiness. But I'll also throw out my, my reasons as well. So number one, George Washington, decision to relinquish the presidency was really key to establishing peaceful transfer of power Mm -hmm. as a a political norm here, as dramatized highly effectively in Broadway's smash hit musical Hamilton. And also an interesting figure militarily in that by all accounts, his specialty was retreating and knowing when to retreat. So you have Mm -hmm. this very valorous depiction that everyone can visualize of Washington crossing the Delaware, but in terms of military strategy, his great strength was that he was always on the run and, you know, he knew when to hold him and he knew when to fold him. He he knew when to walk away and he knew when to run. Break him quick, get out fast. (laughs) That's right. So John Adams is number two for me. (laughs) I should have said number two beat John Adams. Um, And this is where in contrast to my little synopsis of Washington's stature as a historical figure, it just is going to go off a cliff from this point on in terms of my historical awareness. So just, just brace <laughs> kind of ourselves. Warn you that I, my ignorance is going to be just really ruthlessly exposed here. Um, I like Anthony Hopkins' depiction of his son John Quincy Adams in Amistad, so mm-hmm. that was a plus in in the Adams ledger.
2: Uh, there are some facial expressions happening right now listening audience you you see
1: how quickly this has just gone from from like he established the peaceful transfer of power to hang on (laughs) not even
0: anthony hopkins portrayal of john adams correct yes anthony hopkins portrayal of his son john quincy adams
1: yes but that is such a vivid portrayal i feel like it gives me some secondhand good vibes it does not
0: but continue
1: (laughs) i know his wife abigail adams is an interesting figure in american letters literally um she was quite a prolific epistolary correspondent and kind of an early feminist voice in american history so that's a plus to me kind of an interesting couple you know in early u.s history Mm -hmm. And then also the fact that King George III in the musical Hamilton is depicted as reacting with incredulity when Adams succeeds Washington uh, makes me find John Adams interesting and emotionally relatable. He's, he this seems the like, best list ever. He seems like <laughs> sort fantastic. of the underdog yeah. of the Founding Fathers. The fact that King George III is like, John Adams? is like, I'm intrigued. What, what is it about him that seems so implausible that he could be president? I, I don't know the answer, but I want to know what what, it, what was it, like just his overall vibe or what?
0: Oh, my goodness. I cannot believe that this is happening right now.
1: Number three, Alexander Hamilton.
0: Virtually <laughs> uh, yeah. everything
1: I know about him is from Broadway's Hamilton. <laughs> um I find the fact that he was an orphan and that he emigrated to the U S from somewhere in the Caribbean. I can't remember exactly where it is. Was it modern day Antigua or something like that? I know it had a different name right. back in the day, but yeah. that gives him just, it's such an interesting background, something I, I had no clue about until Lin-Manuel Miranda brought it to my attention. I just tend to think of the founding fathers as kind of, you know, stuffy white guys from the Northeast, maybe Virginia, but, you know, Massachusetts, Concord, Philadelphia, you know, landed, basically landed gentry of the colonial period. And I guess this is the whole point of the musical Hamilton, but the fact Mm -hmm. that Hamilton basically had no family, emigrated here from the tropics and rose to power just surely based on, uh, purely based on his own brilliance, right. or his quote-unquote top-notch brain, as it's described, as he self-describes. Um, it makes him a very interesting figure to me. I also like the fact that he specialized in finance and banking. That's kind of a nerdy technician's interest that makes him kind of an intriguing, you know, mm-hmm kind of technical specialist among the founding fathers number four james madison embarrassingly i know next nothing about james madison i think you mentioned earlier he wrote the bill of rights so that's good but uh i i he doesn't pop to me in the way that hamilton does so i put him below hamilton john jay i know even less about I just know there's a John Jay College of some sort in Brooklyn, which I believe is a law school or law related. Criminal Um, justice. Criminal justice. Doesn't seem as epic as some of the stuff that James Madison has named for him, like the city of Madison, Wisconsin, or I think there's a, is there a James Madison University? There is. Uh, Which is a pretty prominent university, I believe. So Mm -hmm. just based on that, I gave Madison the edge, but I would say he and John Jay are about equal in terms of how much I, I actually know about them as individuals. And then lastly, Thomas Jefferson on a more serious note, just you know, knowing that he owned hundreds of slaves and had this long relationship with Sally Hemings that was very likely coercive, you know? Yeah. Um, just uh, someone that it, by today's lights, very problematic figure.
0: Uh, not even just by today's lights. I think he was a problematic <laughs> figure back then, too. Yeah, and, I mean, it's uh, interesting. The you, fact yeah. that we're learning more about this. Yeah. I mean, most of this stuff was hidden, you know, that the public did not know. And if the public yeah. knew about it, he never would have uh, beaten Aaron Burr uh, to be the third president. And then you have to wonder how different is the country uh, in the yeah. early days if we have a complete Yeah, yeah no. Uh, Aaron Burr could be on, the, on Mount Rushmore, and yeah. maybe we don't have such a... Positive view of Alexander Hamilton. I don't know, but yeah, no. Thomas Jefferson's the worst. Uh, Dave, do you have a ranking yet? Just say I'm right. Just let's just go with mine. It'll be great.
2: Yeah, the yeah, I like your ranking. It's great. Yeah, I I've been, win. We've been thinking about it a lot in the past few minutes.
1: <laughs> just really meditating hard on this question. <laughs>
2: Yeah, just just go, like flipping through my wallet to see who's on various bills. Um, couldn't find John Jay, so I don't know what that is. <laughs> uh, do you think Lin Manuel Miranda will continue to write more uh, historical biographical musicals? Like, I, I want him to do Grant next because that's another Ron Chernow book.
0: Yeah, um, Ulysses S. Grant. Yes. Okay, I wasn't aware of another Grant, so. Yeah, Grant's another interesting character that he basically won the war because he decided to turn it into a battle of attrition, which yeah. is basically like, we've got more people to die than they do. Um, yeah. Not, yeah. not really any grim, but, tactical, yeah. brilliant.
1: Yeah. 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 Um,
0: famously showed up to the South's surrender at Appomattox, completely wasted. Uh, I think which, I had heard
1: that. I forgot about that.
0: Which honestly is... In my opinion, just one of uh, kind of gives him some some credence uh, as just like this big swag. John Goodman should play him in
1: (laughs) uh, in the role in the stage production. In the stage production, John. Our next uh, in in between filming nineteen twenty nine, the musical.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, can you just imagine though, like if you showed up to to one of these plays and uh, all of a sudden the voice was like, due to unforeseen circumstances, the parts of Ulysses S. Grant this evening will be played by John Goodman. Like I would go nuts. I would go wild. That's,
2: that's that sounds like an ideal situation.
0: Yeah. yeah, that should have been the plan the whole time. Right. Like he should have been in. Why this was role. he the what understudy? You, why is he the understudy? <laughs> um, yeah. I so I loved Hamilton. I'm gonna watch it again uh, in the near future. Or at least the first half. Uh, the second half gets so emotional. Yeah, and not that that's necessarily bad, but I do feel like I need to be in a in a more uh receptive mood for that whereas like I can just turn on that first act.
1: Yeah. And yeah. uh and just I, let was, it
0: ride. I was like getting pretty pumped during some of the songs.
2: Like um Yorktown when they when they finally win the war is just yeah. is just like yeah. a hype festival. Um and I I'm actually going to keep something to myself because Nielsen hasn't seen it yet. So.
1: um,
0: I love that we're protecting
1: people from spoilers within the podcast. Listen, Uh, if,
0: uh, if you don't know that Aaron Burr shot Alexander Hamilton, I didn't fail you. Your high school failed you. That is not uh, on me.
2: uh, So, all right. I think I can not spoil this, but at least tell you what I was thinking. Um, They had to pretty famously Choose one out of three f bombs for this musical, right?
1: Oh yeah. So, yeah.
2: so the only thing, this is basically the only spoiler, is which which one is
0: it?
1: Yeah. Which one did they keep?
0: Uh, Lin Manuel actually tweeted out something along the lines of, "I literally gave two f's so that you could experience Hamilton on Disney yeah. Plus," which is. <sighs> pretty awesome pretty
1: awesome (laughs) was it was brilliant of Lin miller miranda to grab on to that element of hamilton because you see these paintings from the era and he doesn't stand out from the rest of that crowd either in his name or his appearance and even the fact that he founded the federal reserve if anything makes him seem more bland yeah some of these other figures but that element that he was an, an immigrant and he was like scrappy and clawed his way to the top without any family connections makes him really, really fascinating. Right.
0: Um, but yeah, it's still, it's, it's just an incredible musical. It's wonderful. I, uh, I've i been so excited to watch it. I kind of, you know, we it, it dropped on Friday and I didn't get a chance to watch it until, until Saturday night. But man, it was worth it. So, thank you, Lin Manuel Miranda, for yeah. taking Disney's money so that I can watch it on on my television <laughs> screen. Yeah. So, All right. I'll
2: say Nielsen since you haven't watched it yet. Or are we moving on?
0: No, you should not watch it. I
2: had I had to force myself to do it just because of the the situation of my life and the moving, uh, and and also the musical is pretty heavy. Like it's it's yeah. long. There's there are a lot of emotions. So sometimes at the end of the day I want to sit down and watch like uh, Food Network yeah uh, <laughs> and I mean, not, in- not like invest in this because if you watch it you need, you need to like watch it yeah it's it's absolutely worth it but you know if, if you're like already exhausted or, or emotional from your day it's uh, yeah you got to set, set, set that t- time aside so you can appreciate it uh, it's totally worth it. Uh, but it might be it might be a minute before i get to the second act
1: <laughs> yeah yeah sometimes at the end of a long demanding work day you know you don't want to sit down and watch like a two and a half hour epic that ends in the main character being killed tragically in a duel
0: yeah you you, you want to turn on yeah. like uh like a marvel cinematic universe movie yeah. right yeah
1: maybe play yeah. a little zelda you know
0: yeah, I would say Thor Ragnarok is is kind of the the movie that I can that I can just turn on whenever and just uh, I'll just watch Chris Hemsworth beat up the Hulk for a little bit. So
2: you know, I have a completely unrelated hot take. Give me your it hot take. It has nothing to do with Hamilton or or superheroes. <laughs> I think this is I, the best
1: I, this is the best segue yet. Just kind yeah.
2: of. <laughs> hey, you know what? Something else. Uh I don't think pickles should go on burgers.
1: I'm having to just shift mental wow. paradigms yeah. on the phone. Imagine ordering
2: a, burgle, a burger and having pickles on it. Uh, that should not be.
1: How about you... a fried chicken sandwich? Pickles are a classic topping for that.
2: I, I would prefer that they weren't.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of with you on that. I don't mind it, but it's not my favorite. Here's, here's
2: my, my caveat since I came out strong there. <laughs> now I'm going to walk it back a little bit. Pickles should not be on on sandwiches by default. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's really where I'm going with this. Like, uh, and I, and I'll, let's be real. I'm talking about McDonald's because sometimes <laughs> you want a burger that's just like not as good. You know what I mean, though, right? Like we all know McDonald's yeah. isn't the best, but sometimes that's what exactly what you want. You're like, give sometimes, me that Big Mac.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to be out here claiming that McDonald's is like the best fast food. Like better than you know, uh, you know, Five Guys or Shake Shack or whatever, but sometimes it just hits right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes it's uh, cheaper and it's available. Yeah, sometimes you're there. Sometimes
1: sometimes it's what you want. Yeah, yeah. I'm not talking like like it's better value or whatever. I'm like sometimes it just hits the spot. Yeah, like (laughs) I want a quarter pounder with cheese.
2: Like I don't want like a Red Robin, like really nice thick burger. I'd want something. Yeah. So, So for me. You know, sometimes I I forget to to specify I don't want pickles, and then there's pickles on there. Um, and it's it doesn't ruin yeah. the sandwich, but like even if you pull them off, you taste them. Whereas yeah, I feel yeah. like if you do like pickles and you forget to ask for them, you're you're missing less than than when you have those pickles on there.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, I, one time I I was this was in college. I was out late at night. I got a sandwich. There was pickles on it. And, uh, I'm sitting in the parking lot, and I'm I'm picking pickles off of this burger, and I'm tossing them out the window, and a group of birds flew over, and every time I would throw a pickle out, they would kind of, like, hop over to it, see that it was a pickle, and lose their interest, because not even birds <laughs> want the pickles. That's a not true story.
0: Not even birds want the pickles. And every,
2: every time I threw it out, they're like, oh, maybe now it's something good. Oh, no, it's just a pickle.
1: Another... <laughs> We hate
0: well, them. that's all the time we have for tonight <laughs> on this episode. Uh, thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed our insights uh, on the American Revolution and Hamilton. And and
1: if, a, and
2: if I have a pickle on my plate, you can have it if you like think
1: of it, Batman, to never again eat a burger without pickles.
0: We'll see you next time, guys. Have I a good that's one. That's
1: all we got tonight. That didn't that didn't go over quite as I thought it would.